The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Um, I, I, I'm excited about getting into this new series for the next three Sundays, The Hope of Christmas. It's important for us to know that Jesus alone is the hope of the world. He's the hope of the world, and it's really easy for us to, to know that, but even as believers, to put our hope in happiness, hope and happiness in temporal things. Where, you know, our hope and happiness, if we're not careful, we put it in other things, hoping that that will inspire us for life. And when people let us down or when uh, things happen that are above our control, then we are frustrated. I was hearing this guy talk the other day and um, they were doing a business deal and this contractor came in and said, hey, you know, I'm putting these chairs in this building and I don't want you to be frustrated to come look at it. And And the guy he was talking to just said, listen, my happiness is not in those chairs. He said, if my happiness was in stuff, I'd be mad all the time. And and it's very easy for us to find happiness if the kids behave or happiness if we have enough finances or happiness if the, the Christmas bonus is big enough or happiness for all of these reasons. But if we're not careful, happiness will be what other people do to us rather than Christ who resides, come on, in us. And can I tell you that if you put your hope and your happiness in people, places, or things, you're headed for a sober moment and a headache. And not only that, you're headed for a heartache. Because nobody can be what you need them to be 100% of the time. Psalm 71 speaks really good about this. It speaks about this. It says, Psalm 71, it says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. In other words, I put my trust, God, not in things, not in my education, not in my business, not in, in, in my house or my car, but I put it in the Lord. Romans 15, 13 says this. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope and the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God wants to put hope in you. And here's the great thing, is if God is putting hope in you, then people can't steal it from you. But if you're looking for people, your, your spouse, you know what I'm saying, your husband, your, your wife, your kids, your boss, if you're looking for them to produce hope and peace in you, then when they don't do enough, you can lose it. See, God wants to put it in you, and then other people can't steal it from you. And and that's important. Jesus is the hope of the world. He was born by the Spirit of God, birthed as the light of men, died as a martyr, rose from the grave with all power and dominion. He rules like a king, and he loves like a brother. What I'm telling you is that Jesus is not just an ordinary guy. He is the door for you to know the Father. And He is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. Now, I already know you can study and Jesus was not born on December 25th. Shocker. (laughs) 
And so there are many people who are like, oh, well, I don't even know why we celebrate Christmas the way we do. It's not even really Jesus' birthday. People say that he was born like in May. Here's the deal. That point is nil and void to me. Because it's, you know he was born within a year, and we're going to have to celebrate it sometime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you want to have like seven Christmases. That's cool. But, but the reality is there is something different about this season. And many in this season, the reality is that this season brings about some sharp reminder of hurt, lack, you know, the, the, one of the saddest things for me is that people would be lonely during this season where they feel like nobody really cares about me and I, and I really feel invisible. You know, because that's the opposite meaning of what God came to do. Others, this is your favorite time of year. Come on. You just got happy. Pentatonic Christmas album is playing. You know what I'm saying? You are just, this is your time. This is your season. You know what I'm saying? You've just bust out Elf. You've been watching it. You know what I'm singing. You're like, that's my jam. You know, I tell you what, the, the more freedom I come into, the more I really start to enjoy this Christmas celebration. And over the next couple weeks, it is my heart that we connect to the one that we're celebrating. And that's why we're calling it the hope of Christmas. And, and, and as we get into this, you know, today my assignment is Jesus, the light that saves. Jesus, the light that saves. And, and I want to walk through this and, and, and talk about this because this is the time that we choose to celebrate him. Before we moved to Rogers, my family did a lot of traveling. We, we, we were in a ministry, and, and uh, it was called Be the One Ministries, and we still operate that today. But we did a lot of traveling, and so we traveled like 80, 85% of the year. And so our kids were always in the car, and they loved traveling at Christmas. And so we, you know, we, when you're in the car that much, you have to come up with something because, I mean, it, we were driving seven to eight to nine hours all the time. And my kids, you know, if we didn't have something active, they were driving me crazy. And so, so it's one Christmas and we're going to speak and it's, and there's the Christmas lights are up and I'm like, all right, we're playing a game. And so it was like my squad versus Katie's squad. You know what I'm saying? I had the girls. She had the boys. And so we were playing this game called Christmas Lights. And so what, what, it, what happened is when you would drive down the road, whoever called out the Christmas lights they saw got a point. And however many points we got, by the time we reached our destination, that determined who win, who won. And so, man, it was mass chaos. Like in, in the car. I mean, I never thought that just I thought it would be like Christmas light, Christmas light, Christmas light. And then there would be this tally and we would all agree at the end that, you know, my team beat your team because that's what I do. And but it wasn't like that. It was chaos. People were screaming in the car. And, and, and then the other kids would be like, I already called it. You didn't call it. And they're fighting in the back. And me, my wife is like, see what you started? And I'm like, 
and, and so she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and while she's talking I'm like Christmas light and she's trying to talk babe I think Christmas light and she's Christmas light and because I, here's the thing is she wanted to have fun I wanted to win it's just it got real and so even now if you're riding in the car with my kids and you say, like, we don't say the word anymore. Like, I would not be preaching this sermon if the kids were in here because they would start it all up again. And so it was funny. Uh, we were going to Pea Ridge just last week. And someone said it. And they know. And so it started. And Sage was like, Christmas life. And all of them, <laughs> and it started all over again and I was like I did that and, and, and what's funny is they started seeing things because my wife I, you know you may not know this but you know she wears glasses she can't see them and so if you're like hey how's it going you're doing signs come closer but um and so that's why I put her on the boys' team. <laughs> and so it's amazing how far. It's like they, they have these senses. They see light. Every, it's like, and I'm like, they're like, Christmas. I'm like, there's nothing. Wow. <laughs> how quickly they just, and I don't know about you, but who doesn't like Christmas lights? Come on. Mm, they're colorful. They're fun. They're festive. My wife would say it makes the house look happy. You know, I, the, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's just something about Christmas lights. They're symbolic. You know, and I'm not trying to get like uber spiritual, but it's just, a, you know, nobody puts Christmas lights up at Halloween. Because Halloween lights. I mean, no, I mean the people don't just like deck. You don't see like, oh, it's Halloween. You know, I mean, people don't put up lights at St. Patrick's Day. People don't, I was just thinking about all the, 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 the holidays that we have that nobody puts lights up for. But like everybody feels compelled at Christmas to put up Christmas lights. And I don't think it's because we have this massive fear that Santa's going to fall off the roof. <laughs> There's got to be some spiritual component in our DNA as people, yeah. in our nation, that somehow... There is a symbol and there's this tradition and this thought just like this ring is a symbol. Just like when we bought or baptized people, that's a symbol. There's got to be something about Christmas lights at Christmas that makes people go, I don't know why I'm putting these up, but I just feel like I need to. Like, that's an incredibly ludicrous idea and first of all let me just say this no man thought of that idea I got an idea let's climb to the peak of our roof risk death football is playing and let's spend money to light up the darkness for people who don't care like, men did not come up with this. Like, I can't even get my kids to turn off the light in their room. I ain't about to put lights outside. <laughs> there has to be something a little bit deeper in this idea 
of Christmas lights. And so as we, as we look at this, John 1, 1 through 5, I think, gives us a little glimpse in this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. And He, in the beginning, was God. Okay, we're talking about, we're talking about Jesus. That he, that he did, even though we celebrate His birth of humanity, He was always here. He was always around from the very beginning. And all things were made through Him, Jesus. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life. And the life, check this, was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. No matter what is going on, what? Oh, I don't, is that part of it? I don't think that's part of it. Let me read that. I think we may, we may have copied and pasted too much. <laughs> That was, the, that was the Stephen, you know, Ebonic version. I just kind of, you know, I text, I write in text. Man, I need to read that. All the religious people are like, see? See? The Bible says don't add anything or take anything away. So what do y'all want to do? <laughs> Verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You know, what's amazing to me is this, is that darkness doesn't understand the power of light. And can I tell you this as Christians? If you are looking to be the light among men in a dark world, do not think that the idea that's going to save people is if you're a really cool Christian. Because the reality is this. Darkness cannot comprehend the light. They can't comprehend it. That way, and that's why it, it's so funny to me when people and the church try to hold people who are in darkness accountable to the word. You can't do that. And so I, people will get around and they'll go, well, I can't believe that they acted that way. Why? Why can't you? Well, can you believe our culture? Well, absolutely, I can believe our culture. Well, can you believe the commer Can you believe all of the, the, the sensuality? Can you believe all the materialism? Can you? I can, because the darkness cannot comprehend the light. And so for us to be frustrated, listen, there's a difference. There's a difference because, see, I don't want us to be frustrated. I want us to be educated. See, we have to know that there is a difference between light and darkness. There is a difference, and we don't just hang out with darkness to say that we're cool with darkness so we can have cool darkness friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we are light. We are light. And, and here's the thing that we need to understand is light has a definition. Darkness has a definition. Light is not about judgment. Light is about hope. 
Here's where I'm going. Here's what God's done in my life. Here's what can happen in your life. No, I don't want to go there because if I go there, I'm walking back into what God brought me out of. I can't go there. In John chapter 12, verse 46, it says this, I have come as light unto the world that whoever believes in me should not, come on, abide in darkness. The Bible is written for the believers. So what he's saying is, believers, be careful because even though you can be saved, even though you can be set free, there is an enemy that wants to move you and maneuver you back into darkness. Into darkness. As we meditate this last verse, I find it interesting that it says, should not. However, those who ever believe in me should not abide in darkness. Maybe your Bible says cannot remain. Because those who have embraced Jesus as the Savior of the world, the promised Messiah, have been positionally placed in light. Don't creep back to the darkness because the darkness doesn't profit you anything. Stay in the light. Stay in the, there's protection in the light. When my kids are outside playing and we let them go play, they've got some friends in the neighborhood. They're playing football and babysitting and all these things. And it starts to get dark. I tell them, when it starts to get dark, you need to head You need to head home. You need to bring it to the house because there are too many things at night that can happen. That, not that I am, I, I am not insecure nor afraid, but you know what I'm saying? We start playing a game. You're not wearing reflective you know, gear. You know, I'm old school. We don't ride our bike with helmets because we're hard. You know, I want a car to be able to see you. I want to know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? There's just a little bit of safety, come on, in the light. Now, I believe in my spirit, as, as I was putting this together, that there are some in this place that need to come on and step off the darkness and come back home. Come back to the light. Because there is freedom there. Husbands. Stay in the light. It's very quickly. That, that, that quick, you can open up an internet browser. That quick, you can get into your office, which is a total another culture than your home. And before you know it, you're laughing at what you would never be laughing at. And here's the deal. If we, God has sent you a helper, accountability, a church, and, and the reality is, while many of us men have strong character, when you leave your helper, when you leave moments of the Holy Spirit, it's very easy for you to get and become what you never wanted to become. Husbands, come on, we got to stay in the light. we got to stay in the light. That doesn't mean that we're judgmental. That doesn't mean that we're holier than thou. That doesn't mean that we come off I can't associate with you people. But it just means that when it starts to go in a way that you feel compromised and you feel your character shifting, you're like, hey guys, I'll catch up with y'all later. 
Because I got to stay in the light. Come on, wives. We got to stay in the light. You know, it's very easy to look over and see who got the Gucci bag and who, and who, who got this and, and who got their hair done. Who, what house are you in? Where, where are you at? And what, what are your kids? And, and what was your kid's ACT score? And, what, and, what, and before you know it, we're off in here because we've started to compartmentalize. We've started to compartmentalize our world. And now we're starting to, 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 to look at each other and, and, and we're, we're gossiping. It's very easy really quickly to compare ourselves to each other. And, and, and all of these insecurities start coming out. Come on. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for your life. God has value on you. If you were born and you are because you're hearing me, then, then, then there is an, a purpose regardless of who rejected you or what they said to you that does not communicate or get to your value. Teenagers, you stay in the light. Yeah. College students, you got to stay in the light. Come on, it's very easy to be in a college and you're on an island all by yourself and you've finally got a little bit of freedom. You're not there, the parental guidance isn't always there. And if you're not careful, come on, you'll enter, and, and you need to know your heart. When your heart starts to pull you towards risky. You know, oh, this is so much fun. Oh, I'm not going to get, oh, I just, oh, I can never do this. And, and, and it starts small, but I'm telling you, it's elusive. Stay in the light. Stay in the light. Because the reality is, I remember being in high school. I remember trying to skip school. One time, I skipped school. One time, my friends and I, we skipped school. We left. And I was like, I'm hard. <laughs> I told my friend, go down a back road so that nobody finds us because we were going to do some other stuff. We went down the back road that seriously, I took this road because I could go faster. Uh, when I took my, my sister to school, you could go like 70 and it was like a 40 because there was never no cars on the road. So I knew if we went down this road, we would be fine. We go down the road and we get stopped by a police officer. The police officer, his wife works with my mom. He comes up to the car and says, what's your name? I'm like, Fernando. He's like, what is your name? Are you a sexton kid? And all my friends are like, what? And, and, and he's like, are you Bonnie's son? Hold, hold on just a second. And, and, and he's like, hey, babe, hey, is Bonnie there? I'm like, take me to jail. Log me in the clinker because I'll be safer with you. Then I will with her. We got caught. I skipped school for a glorious 15 minutes. My prayer for you is that you get caught. I remember my mom. I was so frustrated at her. She would say, Every night I pray 
over you. And I was like, what do you pray? And, and she was like, I pray you get caught. Because here's the deal. The things, it's better to be caught and free than live in darkness and die. It's better to be caught and free. Come on, there may be some things going on in your life that, you know what, if your wife found out, if your husband found out, come on, you were just rolling through Facebook and all of a sudden you saw your boyfriend from three years ago. What I'm telling you is it happens that quick. That quick. And I'm telling you, let's come back to the light. Business owners, let's, let's, let's stay in the light. Come on, there's so many areas of manipulation with taxes and codes and who, who's going to get this. And, and, and listen, I understand. And that pressure is real. Stay in the light. Stay in the light. Listen, the light is a liberator. It's a redeemer. Jesus is the overcomer and Jesus is the truth. And we've grown up a, a, a culture of skeptics and critics in our society who view the world through the lens that everybody's selling something. Everyone has an angle. But that's not the case here. God sent. God gave. And, the, and he gave his only son to be born, to humble himself, to take on the form of man so that later could die on a cross and have you in mind. The birth of Jesus happened and the light of hope came in. And listen, you don't have to live in darkness anymore. Words to describe darkness, if you were to look it up, is ignorance, confusion, wickedness, death, and your natural state. None of those as a believer I want to be. <laughs> I don't want to be ignorant that, 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 that and, and so let me tell you something. I remember, remember, and, and you know, you got little kids, so, and, and I mean, they are, they may be intelligent, but they're ignorant with experience. You understand what I'm saying? And so you put them on somewhere high and they think they can fly till they can't, you know, the reality is this. That's why we get into our word. That's why, that's why church cannot be just a Sunday morning experience. That's why we have to read the word. Because Christians in our culture are opinionated driven. We have some sort of fictitious morality that thinks that I do what I believe. I do what I believe. And the reality is, your belief doesn't change the truth. That God has a way, and that way isn't to fence you off and help you not have any fun. That way is to protect you and to unleash you and to help you be what God's called you to be. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world... And death through sin, thus death, um, thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. Light represents God, revelation, and hope. Listen, if you're confused, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Get into the Word. 
If you feel like, man, I just don't know how to feel about this. I'm kind of, I'm kind of offended about this. I'm kind of frustrated about this. I don't know what I should do. Here I'm working with my ex. I, don't, I really don't know what I should do in this area. What if you didn't make that decision? What if you went to the Word and the Word helped you make that decision? Listen, I want to give you three truths about the saving light real quick. Three truths and then we're going to get out of the way. The first one is this three truths about the light. It's bright enough to lead you out of darkness. It's bright enough to lead you out of darkness. Jesus is the light of the world who showed us a way out and it's a marvelous light. And it is the hope for our family, our cities, and our culture. Listen, this light is bright. Even in the Old Testament, God had a light that he led the children of Israel by night. There was this flame by night. Y'all remember the story? It's an exodus that God will never leave you without a light. The Holy Spirit for us is a light. And it teaches us and it lights our path. Listen, his presence was a pillar of fire leading them to a promised land. God has a place that he wants you to go, and it's a place of freedom. Now, Jesus is more than an external flame. He's an internal flame, and he wants to restore your soul. The second thing is this. This life, this light is safe. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. You have nothing to fear. You know, you can come as you are, just as messed up as you are, just as jacked up and broken and hurt. There, there are no, there, God doesn't have cool kid tables. Listen, there's a place for you at the table. The story of Jesus. Let's look at this. There was a story of Jesus and a woman who was caught in adultery was brought before him. The only place that she was safe was in his presence. See, the only place that you're going to be safe, you're not going to be safe out here. You're not going to be safe somewhere else. You're going to be safe in the presence of God. and You're going to be safe in the presence of God. Because, listen, if Jesus hadn't shown up to this woman caught in adultery, they were all picking up stones and they were ready to kill her. But it was in the presence of Jesus that he switched their perspective and they all put down the stones. And it, she, Jesus didn't save her so she could continue in her life of sin. He saved her so that she could be who God had called her to be. The light. Jesus is a light that saves. Listen. Don't run away any longer. See the light of Jesus and be free. The third one is this. His light should be shared. This light should be shared. I love, I think the greatest invention in, in, my, in my lifetime is the GPS. <laughs> because here's the thing, I'm going to tell you the truth. Some people are just, they're, they're, they're navigation people. They're just like, they, every time they wake up, they know where the sun is. They know north, south, east, and west. And so you say something to them, and you're like, yeah, go down north, northwest. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Like, you need to point stuff out to me. I'm a visual learner. You know, there, there's three ways you learn. You learn by feeling, you learn by audio, and you learn by visual. And so I'm a visual learner. So if you don't draw me a page, you start, and I'm like, uh, wow, wow, wow. It's like Charlie Brown. <laughs> See, I, I put the, where I want to go into the GPS, and no matter where I'm at, no matter how I've jacked up where I'm supposed to be, it leads me out. It leads me out. And as long as I have signal, as long as I'm in a connection, come on somebody, then it can lead me out and it can put me where I need to be. Listen, as you're here, the goal is not that you just come to church and become safe. The goal isn't that you just come to church and become healed. The goal is that Christ in you, the hope of glory, starts to shine a light through you. Iron Man style. Some of y'all really got that revelation. And, and, And what happens is something begins to happen in your life. You have to share it. And there's ways, there's many ways that we, we, we share it. We share it verbally. We share it um, by people watching our life. You know, we live different. When you stub your toe, the same thing don't come out <laughs> as other people. And when it does, you say, God, God you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. That really hurt, though. <laughs> <laughs> you begin to share it. And so, what is your capacity to lean into that light? When people walk in, are you compelled to meet someone that you don't know? Because it doesn't matter. The, I, sometimes I think the worst light reflectors are when we meet on Sunday morning. Because we think the pastor's the light for all of us so we can all click down. This is an occupation that you don't ever stop. It doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm in church, I'm compelled. Hey, I don't know you. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Hey, we haven't seen you in a little while. Hey, I know you've been busy. How's this? And we, we are a community that, that cares because we flick on the light. And we carry this outside to our jobs. Hey, when so, you, you can tell when someone's in the coffee room and they're like, Come on, I had one of those moments like two weeks ago. I was like ready to drop kick. The, the printer. And you see, hey, are, are you okay? And you'll always get the, yeah. hey, what's going on? And you don't, you don't, I'm not pressuring you to say anything to me. But I just want you to know that I noticed and that I care. Light. See you. There's a lot of ways to share the light. We want to grow this. We, 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 we've been talking in vision class, and if you've missed that, you want to get that. But we believe that we're headed to two services, that this is part of what God's calling us to do. And so when people come, and we have, I mean, we have an audacious vision for this next year. We want to give $10,000 to help planting churches. We want to give $5,000 to a family or organization that helps with adoption. We are laying things out and we are going to, this next year, we're going to sow seeds that we're going to see reaped. You hear what I'm saying? 
we're going to have an internship here. January 2018. I'm telling you, God's going to do stuff and God's going to use us. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of ways that we share it. When you come down and you give your offering, oh, here they go, talking about money again. It was a good sermon to start talking about money. That's fine, because guess what? I'm going to be truthful. If that's where you're at, I'm not even talking to you. I'm not even talking to you. Because here's the deal. I'm talking to people that understand the funnel. And they understand that, you know what? For vision to move forward, we're going to give. We're going to do outreach. God's going to minister. We're going to do. And we're going to see God change this area. I don't know why, but if you look in this area, the, the, church, the, the, the closest church is three or four blocks away. I feel like we're on an island here. And I believe that God has called us to this area for this season. And we're going to make a light. We're going to make an impact. We're going to shine a light. That, 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 um, that um, apartment complex over there, We've done so many outreaches with them. When, they, when we walk in, no matter what they're doing, they stop and they say, what do you want to do? Because when the light shows up, it brings hope. Yeah. The, other, the other day, we, Katie and I were, were somewhere else. And one of the kids that we had been ministering to over here came up and said, hey, when, when, see, when light See, nobody felt like they were heathen going to hell, burning in sin. Now, the reality is that will happen. But when the light of hope shows up, hey, how are you? What, how, when are y'all coming back? What are y'all doing? See, we're a church in this area that's going to shine a light because Jesus, come on, somebody, is the light that saves. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. And this is totally different. We're going to do some ministry, then we're going to be done. But I've been talking about our, to our vision class about sowing an end-of-the-year seed that will help us launch toward our vision of this next year. And I, we've already seen some checks come in of people that are like, hey, I want to see God, what God's going to do in the future. And so I'm asking you to pray. And so the last Sunday of the month, you can bring, it's not, not your tithe, it's a over and above. It's an offering. Katie and I are going to give an offering. Well, and you may be like, well, that's self-serving. You're giving to your own self. <laughs> the reality is this. We don't live on your giving. God said in the Bible that he would take care of our needs according to his riches and his glory. Now, I'm not. I mean, everyone here understands economics. But last year, in 10 months, our church tithed $88,000. Our church, come on, come on, this body. And you'd be like, man, that's a lot of money. But the building expenses were $51,000. Operation costs were twenty seven. dollars Operation that because we were a new church plant, we had to market, we had to get out, we had to do every event that we host, everything that we've done. I'm telling you, I believe as you sow a seed, you're going to see something happen spiritually in your own life. And so I'm not taking up money now. 
So on the day that we do it, you can leave. You don't have to be here. But, but I hope that you would come and that you would invest because we are seeing, listen, since we've started in 10 months, we've seen 60 people get saved. God has a plan for you. Some will stay around the edges. Some will dive in. And some will leave. And we can't control any of those three. But the ones that are called here, we're going to move forward. And we're going to do what God's called us to do. And if you're in a place in your position that you're not in the light, then I'm asking you to make a move because this Christmas season is a month-long reminder that God has incredible love for you. Amen. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.